This is a real account of entrepreneurship, the good, the bad, and unsure. Social media would have you think you have a great thought, then boom, you blow up. It is the farthest thing from the normal backstory. Here we will air the real entrepreneur struggle from customer service, vendors, and the day-to-day -day business. Welcome to Business After Dark with Sharice Chambers. Hey, you guys, how are you doing? Say Wednesday, Wednesday, say Wednesday, Wednesday. And if you know it's Wednesday, that means we have another guest on the potty today. I am so honored to be in this woman's presence. She is one half of Schrader Stone. This is Lindsay Klein. Um, Corey had a attend to a child, you know, because they got a new baby. So I understand the tag team of it all. Hey, Lindsay, how are you doing today? Hi, Sharice. I'm doing great. Fantastic. So if you guys don't know, actually, I believe, especially if you are a listener in Lynchburg, you may not know Lindsay, but you do know Lindsay. You know why? Because if you've ever been to um, Riverside Park, if you've ever been downtown, if you've ever been in a multiple of locations, especially in more of the historical spaces in Lynchburg, you've probably seen some work by Schrader Stone. Um, and I'm always, I used to walk Riverside Park all the time. And, um, I always went to the space where you guys did the pond and all that stonework over there. And it just, it's just so peaceful over there. It just is like, this is so awesome. I know that's not my ministry. I don't know how to make no stones or nothing like that, but the rehab of it all. And also the new creations that you guys make is just so beautiful. Like... That's amazing. It's amazing. So, Lindsay, if I know that I'm giving like a, a non-technical version of what you do, could you tell the people what's the technical term? I know it's some form of masonry, but what is it that you technically do for um, in your business? Yeah, this is when I wish Corey was here because he will he will be like, you didn't say that exactly right. Um, so I do the landscaping part and the garden part, and he does the stonemasonry. Um, and yeah, Riverside, we got really lucky in that the city decided to reinvest in this the park, and it had been you know it's probably at least a hundred years old. Um, so they carefully, carefully took it apart. And then we use the exact same stones to put it back together. And so Corey really specializes in those historic renovations. It's um, like a old, I call it old world craftsmanship, but it's technically called, I think, full bed thickness, which means like the wall, the, the stones um, are placed together uh, so that they fit in exactly the right way. Um, and I mean, this wall, I did have a backing on it. So it was, a, you know, concrete wall and then put the stones together. And that's how they would have built it, you know, for, gosh, I don't want to say centuries, but it might be, I mean, this type of stone masonry has been around forever. If Corey was born in a different century, would he be a masonry man? Like, I imagine him putting stones or some kind of um element in heat and pounding it <laughs> like, <laughs> that's what it makes me think of i mean yes i think it's black that's blacksmithing okay thing is that so it's really like the art and the craft of making like stone walls that can stand um with you know as not a ton of mortar right and so it's really balancing each stone so that it sets on the stone under it kind of locks into place. And so I tried to do it once and it did not go well. So he really has an eye for picking out, okay, this is how this is going to kind of fit together so that the weight is distributed. So it just stands. Does that make sense? So you guys don't put any other elements between the stones? Just mortar. The mortar kind of sticks them together, but it's really built, you know, on one on top of the other on top of the other so like if you have a big stone you you have to figure out how to distribute that weight to the stones under it Interesting. Um, and so that's yeah there's all these like new kind of cheap ways to do it where you buy you know a man-made stone which is like a you know a very thin uh, concrete mm -hmm. and you kind of stick it to the wall but this is when i'm say old school it's old school you know full of rock it's not it's not a little piece of uh you know two inch thick concrete it is like a six twelve inch deep 
rock and he's placing them one on top of the other. That's crazy. So Corey not only has to know geometry, he also needs to know a little bit of like maybe a little bit of science perhaps because he's he's doing i mean the weight of each element but that, i guess that still goes back to geometry so he's he's probably really good in with math then it is it's okay it's understanding yeah it's understanding how that weight is going to be distributed and picking the right stones and understanding each size and how it might fall and yeah i, I have to he's going to tell me later <laughs> We can, you can record his part and we'll just insert it in the podcast. (laughs) That's amazing. That's actually amazing. I I mean, I was always in awe of you. And like I said, whenever I see any of you guys' work, whenever I'm back in in Lynchburg, it's just like, it's so pretty. I mean, you wouldn't even, I'm sure I'm just scratching the surface of what it entails to make a finished product because you also have to know what the end goal is. And you know what this actually leads me into as we go into our questions. I'm reading a book called um, Cut Chop Wood Cut Water. I think that's what it's called. Chop Wood Cut Water. I'll put the link in the the show notes, you guys. But basically it was talking about falling in love with the process. So that I would also assume that between you and Corey too is – you guys are visionaries because you you know what you want to execute in a project, but then you also have to fall in love with the process as you're executing the project too, because the labor it has to be a labor of love to you know get to that finished product. And also, I know that you've probably come into frustrations trying to execute some things because maybe sometimes things don't um, lay out the way that you had envisioned um, when you initially started the project. I'm so glad you said that. You really hit the nail on the head because it's very much, I feel like people live in the beauty of our spaces so much more than we do. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I look at our Instagram and I'm like, gosh, if our life looked like this, that would be so fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it doesn't. It's a mess. Um, I mean, it's not, but yeah, it's the process. It's we're you know, we're dealing with weather and we're just constantly, you know, working around challenges. And so we do, I think, really love that ability to look at a space and see what it could be. And I right. think we both love to do that anyway. But I think just it's a, just like anything else, it's just a skill and it's muscle that gets stronger over time. So really getting good, better and better at, you know, seeing what's possible. And, you know, if this goes here, how does that, you know, change this? And then, of course, we get into the middle of it and it's always easier said than done (laughs) right 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 I love that so how long have you guys been entrepreneurs and it's crazy because she's going to give two answers because you guys both became entrepreneurs at different times in your lives and that's interesting yes so Corey I think in 2008 um when the financial crisis happened he I think the the company that he was working for uh, closed and so he hung out his shingle and I think probably it was one of those timing things, but I think probably was always kind of headed that direction. And I had worked, I've worked a million different types of jobs. I say I'm unemployable. I feel like I've been fired. No, that's (laughs) Well, okay. So I haven't probably been ever been technically fired, but I'm not a great employee. So I joined the company, I think in 2016, 2017. Okay. Cool beans. Well, that's good. Why are you so passionate about what you do? Gosh, I think we both have uh, different answers to that. And I I don't want to speak for Corey, but I think for him, you know, what we were speaking about earlier, that that mixture of like building, he's always been a tinker, always building since Mm -hmm. he was a little kid. And so I think that he enjoys and the craftsmanship part of it, you know, I think it's a little bit of reaction to everything being quick and cheap and fast and easy. And I think he really enjoys taking time to build something that's going to last forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, I'm just a little hippie kid, really. And I grew up on a farm and I um, always loved the outdoors and always loved nature. And so it just makes sense to me now. It's funny because I'm like, why did I do so many jobs? Because I clearly feel like I was meant to always be outside working with plants. And mm-hmm. now I get to do that. Good to do that. You went to college, right, Lindsay? I did. I went to Sweet Briar. Mm -hmm. And what did you study in school? 
environmental studies. That makes sense. See, it's all making yeah. sense now. Yes, that's the <laughs> see. So there you go. There you go. That's- yeah, I, they kind of pushed me towards. Um, I wasn't a super science person, and so mm-hmm. I kind of started going the political route, which is kind of the other logical way to go with that degree, but politics and my skill personality is oil and water so it took me a roundabout way to get back here right that's good I actually love that you um did major and do work in the major that you went to school for so we always appreciate that some people um go to college and they are not doing what they are still paying their sally may loans back for so we well i'm sorry it's not called sally may anymore now i'm telling my age it's called navient <laughs> i'm a geriatric millennial don't fault me okay I'm right there with you. you kids don't know anything about sally may <laughs> So what's been one of the easiest things about being an entrepreneur? Is there an easy thing about being an nothing, entrepreneur? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Nothing. <laughs> nothing and nothing. I say it all the time on the podcast that, you know, I went to college, got a degree, still paying it back. And um, nothing about, and I went to school for accounting specifically. And nothing about college taught me about being an entrepreneur it it did teach me business right I did take some business classes as a an accounting major um but it really taught me to be a manager in someone else's job it didn't teach me um entrepreneurship and now that I'm thinking about it I really believe entrepreneurship is really a spirit like the spirit of entrepreneurship you've heard it before right you have to um I think that some of us especially those who haven't reached their full potential, the reason why maybe you might feel stuck is because you know that you're bigger than someone's job. And not saying working a nine to five is bad. That That is not what I'm saying. What I am saying is there are people in this world, very much probably like you and me and people who are listening to this podcast, who know that there's more to their life than working a nine to five, but you have to know who you are in that space and that's where it gets a little gray because you have to know your voice you have to dim out the chatter the comparisons watching other people on social media posting five times a day and you're like how in the world are they able we out just um you guys off record um Lindsay was telling me um i was killing it and i was very appreciative of her compliment but i was telling her that I am not everywhere and it's because I I have learned the systems that work for me to appear. I'm not trying to appear like I'm doing everything, but it could feel like that because I'm posting daily. (laughs) I am. um, I have content, but it does come with um, shoot. If I've been in business, I've been in financial fancy since 2018. If if I've been in business, what this is year four and haven't figured out something to make my life easier, then you do an entrepreneurship wrong. I do believe that if you are someone who feels like you are burnt out, it's because you haven't found the systems um, to make your life with ease. And isn't that the whole point of being an entrepreneur that you don't have to work a nine to five and move to a 24 seven space? Like if I'm gonna do all that, I could work someone's job and get PTO and healthcare benefits and all the other little perks that do come with working a nine to five. Yeah, absolutely. It's both the most flexible and least flexible job you ever have. Oh, that's a bar. The most flexible and... Okay, yes, I believe that. Well, because we don't have one boss. We have every client is the boss. So every week we get a new boss. Um, And we take that very seriously. Mm -hmm. So we do have, you know, a ton of flexibility. And for, I mean, I think it's just... Your, you know, different people's personalities. I think if you love that security of a job, then I, I think that's great. And I'm grateful to every job I've ever had. Mm. But yeah, for us, I think we're just very comfortable with the discomfort. Mm. And you're comfortable with the, say it again, Lindsay, you're what? <laughs> you have to get di- comfortable with the discomfort. That's your snippet right there. Go ahead, expound. <laughs> Tell me more. I think you, you're just going to, Okay, my experience with entrepreneurship is just consistently doing things that you're not a thousand percent sure how to do and believing in yourself anyway and trying it anyway and knowing that something probably is going to go wrong and you're just going to figure out how to fix it or make it better and you take that forward and it's it's never, there's not, there's no coasting, there's no, I don't feel good this week and so I'm going to get the minimum done and, and, you know, tell my boss all these 
little things that I got, you know, kind of cover mm -hmm. that up. Like that doesn't exist. And so it is hard work and there is, you know, pros to it. But for sure, I feel like we're just always figuring out new things. I love that. That's your snippet right there. That that was that that ministered to me. I, I think as I'm leaning more into my superpower, that is being an entrepreneur, it is actually allow, drawing unto me what I desire money wise, client wise, life wise, all the things. Um, but it is also very uncomfortable. Um, it, I, I'm very into like I've been listening to um, Abraham Hicks. For the last 30 days it was a challenge for my birthday month um it's still my birthday month and um birthday. thank you and um there is something to be said about you know when you take ego out of the equation and you draw you really focus on the process you really can make some very um substantial impact and that has always been my goal to make impact in my in my community in my life with the people who are connected to me and I'm always like what does that need to look like you know mm -hmm. so yeah I love that so since we talked about you know there is no real <laughs> there is no easy spaces what has been maybe something you can identify as the hardest thing about entrepreneurship well I mean could that be the same answer I feel like mm -hmm. It's, it's the hardest thing. I, I think that same discomfort. It's mm -hmm. just finding that passion and holding on to it with both hands. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, there is no boss to ask. Mm -hmm. And so you, you have to train yourself in every little piece of it until you can kind of hand that piece over, as we were talking about earlier. So when, when is it time to hire an expert in this field? And as soon as you can, we, you do, but there's certain point, you know, we certainly have done a DIY for much of our business for a long time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I think some people can grow, take out big loans or, you know, have investors and all that. We just kind of grew organically over mm -hmm. time. Um, and so I think teaching ourselves how to do everything and even including our work, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, Corey learned something about building every day. I learned something new about gardens every day that I didn't know before. Uh, and so that's the beauty and the difficult Part of it, and I think I still think the balance. I think we've decided right work life balance isn't a thing. Yes, <laughs> that say it again. I have, I'm so glad I didn't bring it up, but you said it because I've been saying that. And um, I heard Rex from um, BWXT, he spoke at the Young People Summit, um, right before we went to lockdown, um, at COVID, um, when we did our last meetup, and um. He said that and a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, but I'm like, that's true. There is no such thing. Like you got to figure out what the priority today is. What is the priority today? Is it to get this project done? Is it um, to call clients back? Is it to make a resolution? Is it self-care day? Do you not, don't want to talk to nobody? What is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just saw, I wish I, I have to send it to you later. I just saw a commitment speech by some, by a woman who was saying, you know, if I'm here, I think it was Shonda. Right. Yeah, she did. She yeah. said, you, did she say if she was here, then that means she wasn't with her kids or something like that? Yes. And I mm -hmm. think that's true. And it's just, I think the nine to five, it's easy, easier to put it down. And I mean, I know a lot of people who don't put their nine to five down easier, but it's, you know, you have to make those calls and mm -hmm. when are you going to, you know, what is the priority? Exactly. What is the priority today? And mm -hmm. what, you know, how to find that time for everything that you want to do is tricky. Yeah. So basically what you said in a nutshell is that entrepreneurship is a, a um, an oxymoron. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she said the easiest part is that, um, well, it's not really easy part. You said that you get a new boss every day. And then you said that, but you, you also have no boss because you're the one, you're the expert. So you have to know how to execute the project. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. How many times have I talked to a client and wished I could come home and call my boss and say, how do I do this? And <laughs> yes, I, I'm the person who has right, to figure it out. Right. What is the, what is the handbook? What is the employee handbook? What does the manual say about this? <laughs> like, oh no, <laughs> right. no, there is no right. manual. <laughs> yes. Right. Who's done this before? That's yes. on my team. Oh no, my, <laughs> I would say the, the pandemic really had, and still does, um, have, has me, um, 
in a way that I've never been before. I've called the IRS more times than I've ever in all the, I've started my business in 2006. I would, I've called them more in the last, since COVID happened than I've ever have in any years. You're talking about 10 plus years and now a three year time span of how many times I've called the IRS. It's ridiculous. It's like, I didn't sign up for this. I most definitely quit doing taxes in my head a kajillion times i'm trying to really lean into this coaching space because i'm like do i i, I want to talk about the taxes i don't want to do the taxes like how do we switch that over to make the same amount of money <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. yes yeah i get um, it well and you're calling the irs so i don't know how that works i will say we we're expanding our business i think and uh have an exciting new project coming up but i talked to vdot and the, the county zoning folks mm-hmm. and the phone call I mean every and I I came away from that experience typical uh somewhat frustrated but also very grateful I have found that people are willing to share what they know Mm -hmm. and they're more than happy to tell you what they know or to send you to somebody else Mm -hmm. so sometimes that discovery is fun to figure out I mean I think we as scary and as difficult as it is it's also a blast like just digging in and you know asking questions and then figuring out how to ask the next next person a better question right exactly i love that yes yeah because as an entrepreneur you don't know what you don't know but you don't even and because you don't know you don't even know what that question is to ask right so as, right. A, as a coach i try to anticipate the questions once i get a feel for the entrepreneur and what space they're in like are they be just starting their business have they been in the business for a year have they been in years business for five years and we kind of turn over every stone <laughs> pun intended and um <laughs> figure out you know what kind of com- I, and i figure out what kind of conversations we should be having and then also adding on to their mindset and and on their plate like okay and i want you to also anticipate this or i want you to start thinking about that. well you've you know we've talked before you know i'm like okay this is your resolution for this but let me just slide this on your plate too (laughs) like I didn't ask for this I was like I know but I just want to put it on your forefront because eventually you'll have to have a a thought process about it as a as an entrepreneur yeah and you've certainly helped helped us think about those types of things Mm -hmm. and especially things that are coming up and to consider and that's what I'm so grateful for you know every person that we've met and worked with brings something new to the table and you have to take those things in and I would one thing I will say, never be embarrassed to ask questions. Never. Right. Yes. There's this idea that we're, you may, you're supposed to know you're the owner of the company. Why? Why is that? (laughs) (laughs) Entrepreneurship is, um, it's really weird. It's like the one space where you're supposed to know everything, but anything else new we've ever learned in life, it doesn't come with that kind of stigma for whatever, like, when I came to move to Lynchburg for the first time, I moved here with nobody, no family. I went to Liberty for two years and I was adulting in Lynch. I say Lynchburg raised me because by legit, my dad and my grandma dropped me off at Liberty. I had no car. I had to figure out how to get personal stuff. I had a, I already knew how to find a job. I had a job in high school, but I mean, it was look, and I'm, I just turned 39 last week. I'm still trying to figure stuff out now. It's <laughs> yeah. a little bit more easier because, you know, I've lived life a little bit and I, I, I have some critical thinking about myself. To be like, okay, I need to go here. I need to do this. But when I was at Liberty, baby, I didn't know. I mean, I don't even know. I don't even know how I'm here to tell the story. Cause just... <laughs> exactly. Oh. Yeah, we've, I think we've both gotten very comfortable. Corey and I have both gotten very comfortable saying we have no idea and or what do you think about this Mm -hmm. or let me go ask somebody you know that's Mm -hmm. just part of the process yeah that's good all right you guys we have to pay some bills so we're gonna head over to our first sponsorship a easily virtual solutions is a virtual assistant service for online educators such as podcasters bloggers youtubers and coaches what's a virtual assistant A virtual assistant is someone who provides support services to a business from a remote location. I'm here to help you market your podcast, manage your blog posts, and manage your Pinterest account. If you need help with transcribing your YouTube videos into blog posts, formatting and updating those blog posts, creating and scheduling Pinterest pins, creating graphics, voiceovers, and the list goes on, you're in the right place. I can help with all of the above so that you can build and grow your audience, 
build relationships with your clients and not stress about the back-end tasks. If this sounds like exactly what you need, go to aeasleyvirtualsolutions.com and get in contact with me. Let's level up together. We're back. Okay, Lindsay, this has been a really good conversation. This is this has gone off better than I mean, I came with no expectations, but because I came with none, you have exceeded them. And I and I want to stop in the middle of the podcast and say thank you so much for taking time to talk to us. So we want to switch gears a little bit and kind of um get into the the starting of business, right? What's something you wish you knew before you started your business? I wish we knew. These are good questions. You know, I try to have, you know, thoughtful. (laughs) What do we wish we knew? I think more probably your expertise. I think I wish we knew. I mean, there's so many things, so many things. But um, we did not, for better or for worse, I don't think, you're probably going to tell me how wrong we are, but we didn't really have like a financial plan. Mm -hmm. We just took jobs and we did the best we could and we worked so hard and then we take the next one. And I wish we had maybe had a better idea of, you know, what is, what is, what is a net income going to look like? Mm -hmm. Like, what are, how do I read a P and L? We did not know how to do that. I don't, Again, I don't think that most entrepreneurs go in knowing that. And the only reason why I know those words is because I went to school for accounting, right? So I, I took accounting classes. I know what the, the functionality of that is. But um, even when I started my business, conceptualizing my time, quantifying my time, especially you know this because you're a service-based business. Yeah, you already know how much the supplies are going to cost and what your um, price rate is going to be for those things, right? But the the time space, you're like okay like how much am i worth right because you're you're because one imposter syndrome right you're like all right i know what i'm doing but i don't know what i'm doing so i'm like can i am i really rightful to charge someone two hundred dollars an hour when i'm still learning now here years later i've i'd absolutely be like yes you need to charge them two hundred dollars an hour because you're the expert expert like you've had you have some years under your belt but i know when i first started i was like "Ooh, this is new i'm like uh so i I was charging more than i was making at a nine to five but i was most definitely not charging enough to pay taxes accurately didn't even consider my overhead costs like having quickbooks and things like that but um, I quickly realized <laughs> once um, I did my first year taxes, I was like, okay, let's go back to the drawing board and um, figure that out. But I, you're not the only person. And also when I started my business, I was only doing taxes and working a corporate job. So the money from the business really wasn't as important until when I really was like, all right, I want to do this full time. What does that look like to put myself on payroll? Um add other additional team members like the assistant I have and other things like that. Um, so you're not the only person. And, and, and that's something that I, that's the pocket I reside in. I actually love going back um, with clients and saying, all right, let's look at your cost and then let's see if you're profitable, you know, and then we can start having talk talks more about deductions and tax responsibilities. Cause once you're profitable, that's what you're paying the taxes on. If your business is not making any money, you're not going to be paying any taxes. Mm-hmm. And do you encourage people? The other thing I would say is it takes time to be profitable. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know that that's to discourage anyone. In some ways, I'm glad we didn't know any of that mm-hmm. because I think if someone had looked at our numbers, they would have been like, oh, oh, you poor little children. You know, so <laughs> cute with your little hobby. But it just takes it takes time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I do think if you can get if five people will hire you, 500 people will hire you. Most it's just. Good figuring out how to make that happen. You know, it's just the growth, I think for most people, maybe I shouldn't say it, but I feel like it will happen. It's just going to take time. Yeah. And most definitely. So what's one of the biggest lessons you've learned? I feel like you've really, you're pre-answering these questions, but what if you could specifically point out or many um, top two, what's the biggest lesson you've learned in entrepreneurship? Can I say it'll be okay? Yes, most definitely say it. Most 
say that. Say it again. It'll be okay. It's going to be okay. You just speaking to my spirit, girl. I, I didn't need to hear that today because I'm very much pivoting in my own business. And I'm like, are people going to buy this? I don't know, but I'm going to offer it. And it's something that I've been putting together for my Black Friday sale. But um, we we going to find out. So um, right. I, I'm actually in school right now taking an entrepreneur class. And um. Our first lessons have been like um, reverse engineering. The thought process is a lot of entrepreneurs start um, with, oh, I have something that I know people want when really we need to come from a space of we're solving this problem that we see a lot of people have and then we come in with the resolution because then you know there's a need for it instead of trying to be like, oh, because I find it very difficult sometimes, especially things that are not um, needed like uh like makeup is kind of needed i mean a woman is always gonna have her face beat let's be clear but like maybe a t-shirt right so you're like oh i have a t-shirt and everyone's gonna love this graphic well that might not be the case right you know you might find yourself it might be more difficult to find your target audience um because of depending on the graphic or how niche it is or something like that um, but if you came in gonna blazons like so I've been noticing in the last two years, especially since um, COVID happened, I've, I've done more audits with clients through um, notifications they've gotten through the IRS and stuff. And I was like, hmm, is that a service that should be offered like getting your business audit ready? It actually is no different than what I offer um, with bookkeeping clients, I guess, or one on ones, I should say. Um, but basically the services. Um, going basically kind of like how a social media um, manager does. They say, I'll audit your account and tell you what we need to do to improve. So basically what I'm saying is the services get audit ready and I'm going to look at the back end of your bookkeeping and your QuickBooks or put you in QuickBooks and then show you how to work it and then give you systems, an outline of a checklist of what the IRS looks for if you ever got a notification from the IRS so that you'd already be prepared before that notice and feel empowered, right? I want entrepreneurs to feel empowered, not scared when they get a notice from the IRS because that's basically where people go to. They People already have anxiety about filing taxes. Baby, I filed more taxes this year that were five, six, seven. I filed one lady's tax return. She hadn't filed taxes in eight years, Lindsay. Oh, wow. Because the anxiety of it all, like, polarized her where she just felt like no she didn't even want to look at her number so one not only did she not know she was profitable um and or do any other adulting things right she didn't she she wanted to build business credit she couldn't even produce a profit and loss sheet you know all those things kind of snowball into each other um because of the um, paralyzing thought of just putting her her numbers together and and for someone like that, I was like, I really, we really had a good conversation. I mean, I mean, I'm no therapist by any stretch of the imagination, but I was like, maybe working a nine to five might be a better option because if this polarizes you, I don't even want to proceed to have the other conversations with you, right? I just want to give you the information, but you know, maybe it might be too much. Yeah, you have to. I mean, I think as an entrepreneur, what we've been talking about, you have to face all all of that anything you don't know you you have to face it head on mm-hmm. because you you don't have and or you have to hire someone to to, to, to take it over right. and to delegate it but right. yeah if you're gonna i will say if you're gonna run a business you have to take all those things seriously and i know we're talking about like there was so much we didn't know but you do have to be very proactive mm-hmm. yes most definitely this has been like the best conversation ever um lindsay what would you like to leave the guest today with like give them a good word i mean you've been dropping gems the whole the whole you know whole episode but if you want to leave the guest with one thought what would it be i would say pivot and try again pivot and try again okay yes when you said that you said earlier and i also your audit i think that's a very smart offer thank you we might take you up on that because we do pretty good, but uh, mm-hmm. if we got you audited, do. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, our, we are constantly, we're doing it right now. We launched a, a garden maintenance uh, package for folks, and I didn't know how it was going to go. Mm-hmm. We launched it, and then we learned from our first set, and we'll make some changes and keep, I mean, that worked out beautifully. Mm-hmm. It was a service people were looking for, but, mm-hmm. you know, we're constantly pivoting constantly doing things different constantly evolving and so i think if something doesn't work just tweak it 
keep going. Yes, yes. Don't I always say don't romanticize what you think the reaction should be. Like fix let it go, right? See if the people like it. If they don't, or if you're getting a little bit of feedback, but not really, you know, tweak it. But if you're getting no feedback, then let it go. I used to offer personal um, financing in like helping people coupon and nobody would, nobody bought the cert. No, I take that back. I had like three people buy it, but I was like, oh, you guys don't want this. Well, I'm not offering it no more. I'm not taking time to make video. I was making Sunday videos and I was um, sh having people shop with me. When I go to CVS and show them how, like, I basically did extreme couponing on my own level. And I was thinking about bringing it back since we're in a whole recession to help people save some money. But I'm like, I'm not going to do no, I'm not going to do it at the extent that I was doing before. Like, I was legit making, you know, if you make a five minute video, that's probably like an hour's worth of footage. So it's like, uh, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> so I'm trying to figure out what that looks like. Um but I do want to help people like save money, especially since this is the time. I did make a little video about how I save money when I get gas and everyone's got to get gas. But I'm like, look, but I also figured out a way to double my income with it because I have an affiliate link with it. So I was like, all right, I'm going to show you how to do it. You get my affiliate link and then I can extra make extra money because I also know how to make money, honey. If I don't know how to do nothing else, I know how to monetize right. something. <laughs> Right. So I just, I did a, just did a training with someone and I felt like it was an infomercial for their, their affiliate link. And mm -hmm. I was like, Oh, this is so, I per, it didn't personally speak to me, but I felt like, Oh, that's an interesting way to do that. You know, you're, you're offering value, but you're also, you know, this one was very much like, here's this affiliate link to, to do all the, all the value I'm giving you. The next step of all of this is through my partner. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I have a friend who has like an Amazon storefront and I was like, mm, I don't know if I'm going to get into all of that. But I do like do refer a lot of people to stuff that I buy. So I'm like, can I make extra money off of that? I'm like, look, no one said making multiple streams of income required you to have like multiple businesses. Sometimes having an additional stream of income is referral links right even if you even if you don't have a business if you just happen to use this thing that you know saves you money and they have because a lot of things we buy actually do have affiliate links amazon has affiliate links um just fab if you buy clothes Shein, all kinds of stuff so you just give people your link and you be making money so i'm just saying like think about do it you, do you test things on social i just thought about this the other day and i'm constantly you know within our expertise i'm do I'm always asking myself, is this helpful to people? Is this helpful? And then I thought, why don't I just ask people on social media? Isn't that Yes, yes. I put polls up all the time. And actually, it took me years to get people to respond back. I just kept at it. And um, I posted something on my personal page. And I had like 25 responses. I said, oh, y'all talking, talking to me today. I said, well, I appreciate it. Because <laughs> usually, like, it'd be so quiet. I'm like, okay, you know. Because I always thought it was funny when I saw people say, um, you guys keep asking me. And I'm like, do people really be asking them? Because people don't right. be asking me nothing. <laughs> yes, it's same. But it's always shocking to me, too. I'm always so excited about, you know, X, Y, or Z. I just did this garden install in Bath County. And I almost cried when the photos came in because mm -hmm. it was my first really big meadow garden. And it's like a dream come true. And this client trusted me. And I couldn't wait. And, like, no one cared. And mm -hmm. then I, <laughs> things that I'm... <laughs> shocked that you know then something else will be people will love it will be so helpful and useful so it's just you know you don't know yeah I think LaShonda does a really good job of that of asking her tribe what they like but this is the other part too you put it in you've said it before but the consistency you just got to keep showing up and eventually people will come like I I do a live at least once a week and I've been doing a live once a week for shoot over two years now and this and sometimes people are engaging but this last live I did this week I've been doing um we're doing a seven day countdown into September because I've been telling people we're getting ready for Black Friday so day one was to clean up your email list and also to clean up your follower list I said because you don't have to have a big engagement to convert people to buy um so I said first let's take that nuance out of your mind thought process because I don't, you know, people, again, comparing themselves and like, oh, this person's got 15,000 followers. I said, that doesn't mean nobody's buying anything. Um, there was a story about a girl who had over a million followers. She got a sponsorship to sell some T-shirts and sold none of them. 
So Mm -hmm. again, popularity means absolutely nothing. I'm going to do a podcast next week called um, People Are Buying Using Real Money to Buy Virtual Currency. And basically what that means is I know you know, if I don't get a DM from one of these places talking about spending money to be, say that I'm on Forbes magazine or um, what else they say in my DMs, they want to read it, do a tarot reading for me or some kind of jewelry sponsorship. I'm like... (laughs) Right. <laughs> the bots <Yeah>. of it all. <laughs> they are crazy. I, I just want to echo, yes, popularity. We we don't actually sell through social media or online. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we do it because we want to share what we're up to. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's a branding value there. And we try to starting to provide some value. You know, I'm trying to starting a blog and all of those. Oh, you would be great at a blog. Well, yeah, so you have to send me what you want to know about gardening or what you don't want to know about. Yeah, okay, yes. I'm like, how do... So I buy flower, I guess, is that a kind of a thing? So I buy, yeah. fl- I buy flowers once a week, and for the most part, um, they say... I, I probably do them for two weeks, especially if I change the water and put new food in them, but I, I am very interested in, like, how what, what are the best flowers to buy during the season, um, I'm always drawn to roses. I'm looking at these roses I bought at Trader Joe's the other day. Where's the best place to buy flowers, right? Because I was like, all right, the, the flowers at Publix, um, sometimes they last longer, sometimes they do. Like, how can I pick the right flowers um, and all these other things, right? So, yeah, I, I, I got ideas, honey. I got ideas. Okay. Yes, I want, my one tip about flowers, I actually mostly do, you know, landscapes in the ground kind of plants. Right. But- I've heard changing your water every day. Every day, Lindsay? I Girl, know. I don't have time. I got one, two, three, four, five, six. I have six. <laughs> six things of flowers in here. Every you day. You have six. I need to come to your house. You have so, six things. Yes, I'll send, you, I'll send you a picture. Yes, I have fla- I have a, um, flowers in my bedroom. I love to see flowers as soon as I wake up. I have a flower when I first walk into the house. And then my house is so small, you can see the flowers that are in the di- on the dining room table. And I have two little vases, and then I have a big vase. I'm going to send you a picture after we're done. <laughs> oh, and I have flowers in my office. Wow, I'm impressed. I think I need to get you some containers outside your house so that you have flowers as you're walking in. Yes, I would love that. I, you know, I do want to have flowers outside my house, but I'm scared that I'm going to um, kill them. Like, I want one little plant to put in my corner. And I see my friend, she's... So could I spray water on my flowers like you do plants? That's not probably not the same thing. You know, you have to ask a flower expert. Okay. I don't think so. Okay. But it guess depends on the flower, okay. I'm going to say. Okay, okay. Yeah, I got ideas. I'll give you ideas. Okay, okay. okay. This has been great. <laughs> All right, Lindsay. Thank you so much for your time. Before I let you go, though, I have rapid-fire questions. I know they were not on your questionnaire because I didn't want you to have thought process about them. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Is a hot dog a sandwich? Yeah. No. Okay. Why isn't it? So what? what is a sandwich? Huh? All right. I, how? What's? It's a hot dog bun, right? Not bread. Isn't me, a like, bun? Isn't a bun a piece of bread though? It is. It is. I'm All right. You look, stick with the answer. I'm not. I'm not here to convince. I'm not here to change people's minds. I'm just here to provoke a thought process. Ask Corey I mean, that later, and then you tell I me mean, what he says. Yeah, it is meat between two pieces of That's bread. That's right. So. It could, it sounds very much like sandwich. It does. You know why I say, I asked this question because I think critical thinking is lacking in the world. That's why most people are mean. Um, and if people really thought, thought about, and you know what, it actually tailors back to what we were talking about earlier about entrepreneurship is oxymoron. Life is. I said, I, I, I am now in a space, especially now that I'm knocking on 40, is that things don't have to be either or. They can be both and. Yes. So if I yep. gave a critical thinking thought process about it, we say, because this is the other thing. Sometimes we, I, I'm, I just, I'm still reading Atomic Habits, but it brings a lot of thought process to me about how um, conditioning can make us give a response because it's what we know. But when we actually sit and think about it, we're like, actually, it is a sandwich and it's a hot dog. 
but I guess technicalities, the nuance of what that sounds like. But I'm like, bread and a bun is the same thing. We're just changing words. And that's, for me, too, words matter. People um, use, simultaneously use other words and, and think that they mean the same thing and they don't. Right. And, um, and, and th- I think that's why in our communications, it's lost in translation because you're saying, and that's why I've now I'm also, look, I, now I would say I'm slow to speak, <laughs> but I do like to talk, but I do listen. I listen way better now as a, as an adult. And I, I actually ask a lot more questions to people like, so what did you mean when you said that? Because what I perceived of what you said and what I think you're trying to say might be something different. I just want to make sure we're on the same page, right? Right. <laughs> yes. So should everyone be an entrepreneur? Because that just, does it make you a better person? Because you do have to really listen and you have to set the expectations. I mean, that's, mm. I should have said that's the biggest thing we've learned probably. Yes. Because, yeah. It's, if you're talking about X and I'm talking about Y, then you're not going to be happy with what yes. I'm giving you. Yes. I well, Yes, I just took a new client on. I just signed her contract yesterday. And as we were talking before she even sent it over, um, I told her I'm going to be in San Diego next week. And then I have a speaking engagement. So basically, I'm not going to be available from the first to the 10th. And I know we just we're just starting this project. (laughs) I was like, but I don't want to. um, I want to set expectations. She's like, I appreciate that. The old Sharice probably wouldn't have said anything. I'm like, look, I signed the contract. As long as it's done before the deadline, then it's going to be done. And I I really had to stop and take. um, I actually I'd probably call it ego a little bit like I'm the you know I'm the entrepreneur as long as I get it done when it's done then it's done but um the best relationships I've ever had with any clients is um constant communication and um just the check-ins of it all and and providing that Chick-fil-A customer service oh (laughs) (laughs) that's what I call it the top tier Chick-fil-A is the top tier if I could if I could be any big box store Look, if you like like them or love them or indifferent about Chick-fil-A, Ch- hands down, Chick-fil-A gives the best fast food customer service. I don't, you can fight me on that. I said what I said. No, I trust you. I don't think I've ever been to Chick-fil-A. You've never been to Chick-fil-A? Lindsay. Is it because you, live in the, cause you don't live in the city? And you know, we moved to the city. I actually do live in the city. Oh, you do? I, maybe I need to go to Chick-fil-A now. I yes, but they close on Sundays. Okay, okay. Yes. Yes. Well, it's funny that you say that, though. I, I, I'm working on a project now I'm really excited about, and I think I have sent this client, like, six Marco Polos in the past 48 hours. You because you use Marco Polos with your clients? I do. I've never thought about that. I don't use Marco Polo for clients. Okay. I like that idea. Yeah, well, especially in our world, it's so visual. So I Oh, say, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, okay. Here I am at the nursery what do you think of this? And they can send me Marcos of their space. Not every client, this particular client loves Marco Polo. Okay, so I treat good. them where they are. Okay, good. But yeah, and like, did when you said this, did you mean that with this? Okay, that makes sense. Look, we went, done, went on another tangent. I was supposed to ask you. All right, so my second question is, okay. what are you currently reading if you're reading any books at all? Gosh, I have a baby, so <laughs> reading has... She's I like, to, I reading? Look- I mean, we read Dr. Seuss books. We read baby books. Uh, I actually just picked up Braiding Sweetgrass. Braiding Sweetgrass. Okay. What's that about? It is about kind of the Native American ethos of how we interact with our environment. Okay. And that's what I'm trying to bring to all of these spaces, spaces where people, I call it the intersection of wildness and people. Okay. And how to, you know, create an ecosystem for humans and for wildlife. I love it. I'm interested in to hear what blogs come out of your thought process from reading that. I've I've listened to a couple podcasts and it really like just pushes me to write a podcast. And I like knock out like two or three from just listening to one podcast. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. So, yeah, I love that. Yeah, you should most definitely use some of that material for your um, your blog. Absolutely. It's very inspiring. It's the just flipping of kind of the way our Western way of thinking on its head, which is constantly, you know, how do I get what I want out of this land? It's mm. very much. Space. Why are we so, on the same page? I just finished reading um, chapter 13 in Atomic Habits and it was talking about how it's easier to grow um, 
grow vegetables in Asia and um, Europe because the if you look at the map, Africa, North America, South America are more um, north to south um, linear linear in the way that they're geographically made, but um, Europe. Asia are more west to east landscape and it's easier because it's even I believe from what the reading I read um and I and that actually is very interesting that you're reading something that's very similar in um material yes what does mm. that mean eastern west east west girl I'll have to look I'm a, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll send it to you <laughs> it's good though yes it's very interesting I was like ah Okay. I think they, that that thought process though is similar there. Where mm -hmm. and you know, basic, I basically the premise is, is that um, if there's more land from west to east and it's even, the reason why Asia has a higher population is because they were able to produce crops more quicker than um, the north and south america counterparts and that's and they start trading foods and i actually was listening to a podcast and it was mentioning that um africans were in america before it was discovered by christopher Columbus. well he was it wasn't discovered he came over um right. but um and it was because of some kind of food that they grew i'd have to look it up again see look we have to talk later after offline but yes 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 Yes, it's very interesting. It's, yes, I think we have this uh, exploitive extraction mindset, and it's kind of hard to escape. And mm, so, the conditioning of it all, I promise you. Okay. Yes, there is a healthy reaction to that that's coming up, and I think more people are wanting to to challenge that. Mm -hmm. And so I'm excited to, you know, and yeah. what does that mean in my, everybody has mm -hmm. that in their own world, and so what does that mean for yes. a landscape? What does that yes. mean for the space around your home? Yes. I love that. All right, last thing. What is one, what's your go-to saying to yourself when you're like just having a disgruntled bad day? Like, what is your, what is the quote that you say to yourself to get put a pep in your step? You know, a friend of mine, we, when we were having really struggling, uh, a friend of mine said to me, at some point, this will be over. Like, mm. you know, this, there will be a conclusion. You will move on at some point. And I think just knowing like, this is not forever. This is today. It doesn't have to be tomorrow. Yes, that's so good, Lindsay. I love that. I love that. I'm going to quote you and put that in on my Twitter feed. Okay, yes. I love it. Well, Lindsay, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. And, um, yeah, we'll talk, we'll talk offline. But I absolutely adore you. I've adored you the moment I met you. And I adored you even more when I met you at Sweetbriar College. And... I adore you even more now as a mommy like we've uh, now I'm thinking back I like we've known each other not a long time but a, lo a long enough time to have all of these collective memories together and I absolutely love our relationship I love your business tell Corey and kiss the baby and all the things I will thanks so much for having me and it's been such a pleasure to get to know you and I appreciate all of your advice along the way and it's been so fun too to watch you grow and your business grow Aww. i feel like we're both in different places than we were yes most definitely most definitely different places since since um sweet briar <laughs> <laughs> yes. most definitely well i hope that you enjoy the rest of your weekend the rest of your day and i'll talk to you later all right sounds good all right bye bye